Have you heard about the Waggle Dance? No, it's not an obscure Chubby Checker record from the 1960s, nor is it the follow-up to Soupy Sale's song, Do the Mouse. The Waggle Dance is something bees do, and it's how they communicate to their hive mates, the other bees, where the good stuff is, where the pollen is, how to get there. It's a very elaborate dance. If you're like me, if you're a gardener and you spend a lot of time in the garden, sometimes you'll just sit down and watch the bees and wonder... How the heck did they find these plants? What is going on in their communication? Well, we're talking to a gentleman who has studied this for a living. He and fellow scientists have an article published in the Science Journal, and it's all about the waggle dance and how they discovered it. We're talking with Dr. James Nye. He's the Associate Dean School of Biological Sciences at University of California, San Diego. He's a professor in the Department of Ecology, Behavior, and evolution. And I always like talking to university bee specialists because they seem to have a fun job. And it sounds like you, you had a very interesting job. I don't know how you get the bees to stand still long enough to study their dance. <laughs> well, thank you, Fred. It's a pleasure to, to talk to you. We actually don't have them stand still. We watch them as they're in motion. But you're right. It sometimes can be a challenge to move with the bees as they're dancing. So let's talk about the whole thrust of your paper. And if people want to read about it, and there's a very good explanation that you wrote for it in the March 2023 edition of Modern Farmer magazine and website called Unlocking Secrets of the Honeybee Dance Language. What was your impetus for studying this? One of the things we wanted to learn is why is it that some animals like human beings, songbirds, naked mole rats, why do they have to learn language? We know that other animals, many of them are actually born with the ability to have a perfect animal communication system or animal language without the need for learning. That actually motivated us to look at honeybees because honeybees have a very sophisticated animal language. And we suspected, because it's so complicated, that learning might be involved. And we have known for a few decades that bees do communicate by movement, haven't we? Yes, that's right. In fact, it was something that Aristotle even suspected thousands of years ago. Although if you look at the translation, there's a little bit of uncertainty if he knew about the waggle dance, but some um, historians of science say that he did. And it truly is a waggle dance. It is a shake your booty. But what is amazing is the amount of information that is communicated by a bee to the fellow bees about where the pollen is and how to get there. It's true. It is remarkable. And it's the most complex example of animal language that communicates something like location that we know of. And also, according to your paper, the quality of a resource that's right. When bees are repeating this figure eight motion multiple times, the more times they repeat it, the higher the quality of the resource. And um, there are two motions. There's the waggle phase. If you imagine the bee is a little arrow, she's running forward with her head pointed forward and her abdomen is waggling. So that's called the waggle run because she's running while waggling. And then there's something called the return phase where she's returning back in a semicircle and that creates one half of the figure eight. And that return phase is faster the more excited she is about the food. So it's almost as if she's more eager to come back and do more waggles. 
And this isn't just happening at the hive either. I mean, anybody who's sat for a while and watched bees at work, they'll sometimes think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be stung. Look at that bee as it's going after that pollen, shaking its butt at me like it's getting its stinger ready to come at me. But they're just communicating. They would normally do this only at the nest, oh, but oh. it's it's true that um, they can sometimes do it, especially when the nest is crowded on the outside of the nest. So if you have um, a standard wood box kind of on the board standing in front, but typically they're going to be doing it inside the nest. You can see a bee flying around and, and moving at food sources, but that's not the waggle dance. That's something very different. Oh, maybe they are going to sting me after all. <laughs> it could be, yes. <laughs> now, by the way, let's figure out the sex of bees here that do go out foraging. Are they females or males? All the bees that are foraging or doing any work at all are females. Mm. The males only have one job, and when that job is done, they die. Oh, okay. Sad life, but oh well. <laughs> the, the waggle dance and the intricacy of their instructions are dependent upon not only being born with some of that knowledge, but also learning tips from others. That's right. The honeybees in a colony we discovered are actually learning how to dance from older and more experienced honeybees. <laughs> That's great. As long as I guess uh, there are older bees around now, you've done experiments where you have isolated the bees from the older generation. That's right. And it's very interesting. Honeybees have division of labor, meaning that they do different jobs depending on how old they are. When honeybees first emerge as adults, they start off as nurse bees. They're taking care of the larvae and also the queen. Then as they get older, into their teenage um, days, you might say, because they don't live for years, um, they live for about 35, 45 days, they start taking out the trash and building the comb, doing chores around the house. And then finally, when they get older, they start to work as a guard bee and as a forager. And of course, as a forager, then they start to waggle dance. So the key is, if you start out with a colony that's created only with day-old bees, they are all the same age, and then they're going to march through this progression of jobs uh, with each other. So they really have no opportunity to observe waggle dancers because no one in the colony is of waggle dancing age. So I would imagine that group wasn't very successful. They actually were able to produce waggle dances that we could definitely recognize. But in comparison to control colonies that had the same number of bees, but they had bees of all ages, and therefore they could observe and did observe other bees before they first danced. The experimental colonies, the ones that only had young bees, they could never watch older bees dance, they had three problems in the way they danced. The first is they didn't communicate the direction very well. The second is they over-communicated the distance, meaning that they overshot where they were telling other bees to go. And thirdly, they had dances that didn't have the correctly formed figure eight pattern. Those bees that had those difficulties, did you reintroduce them to an older generation of bees? And did their dance evolve because of that exposure to the older bees? Great question. So we came back 20 days later when they were full adults. They had now achieved 95% of their full life expectancy. In, in the case of bees, they don't actually perform poorer dances at this age. They're basically at their peak. And what we found is that the bees that weren't dancing very well, they were able to improve how they communicated direction and making properly formed figure eight dances. In those two aspects, they got better. But the thing about 
overshooting the distance, communicating distances that were too far away, that was something that they never recovered. We also did a preliminary experiment that we didn't report about in this paper, but we actually introduced another group of young bees and had them be taught, in essence, by these older bees that were raised in the experimental colony. What we found is that these bees that were taught had normal direction communication, also did the normal figure eight pattern, but they learned, strangely enough, the incorrect distance encoding. So it seems that communication of distance and the way it was disrupted could be passed on from one generation to the next. A very good argument for keeping the old people around a while. Exactly. They do need to learn <laughs> and teach the young ones. Yes. How, how do they point out the direction it has to have to do something with the sun, I would imagine? Yes. But I, I think the, the easiest way to think about it is what the dance probably was before it evolved its more complicated state. All honeybee species can produce the waggle dance. And all of them can do it on a horizontal surface, literally pointing at the direction of the resource. So I think that that's the easiest way to think about it. Imagine that the honeybee, she's a little map maker. And what she's doing with her body is she's pointing forward with her head like an arrow, and she is pointing in the direction of the food source. So literally, if the food source is north, she's pointed north. If it's east, she's pointed east. Now, in that waggle run, she's pointing in the direction, but also the farther away the food source is, the longer the waggle run. So for example, if the food source is a mile away, she might be waggling about one second, but if it's two miles away, she might be waggling for about two seconds. So she's kind of showing in this little arrow that she's drawing the direction and how far away it is. It's, it's amazing, but you had brought up gravity, which is a really interesting point. So what if you can no longer dance pointing directly at the food source? Honeycombs are vertically oriented. And in this case, they do a transposition. And that's a kind of fancy word. But basically, if they're dancing on a vertical surface, and this is normally in the darkness of the nest, if they are dancing with their head like an arrow pointed straight up, it means fly in the direction of the sun. Now, I don't mean fly into the sun, uh, but I mean fly in the direction of the sun. So imagine the sun on the horizon, and you are going to fly towards the sun on the horizon, and that will give you the right direction. Now, what about if the food source is opposite the direction of the sun? It's 180 degrees opposite the sun. Then the dancer will dance with her head like an arrow pointing straight downwards when she is inside the hive. Let's say the food source is 45 degrees to the left of the sun. Then she dances 45 degrees to the left of the upright position. I would think that bees start their day when a certain temperature is reached, or do they start their work day when the sun is out? I think both factors are important. They need a certain minimum temperature in order to be able to fly. But typically, they have a very strong circadian rhythm, meaning that like us, they're very influenced by the sun. And folks might appreciate now that we've just sprung forward with our clocks that for a little while, it's hard for us to wake up and get going at the right time. And the reason for that is that we have a certain biological rhythm that is responsive to the light. And the same is true of honeybees. 
I think bees are, are much like uh, me on my bicycle. I don't like to ride when it's windy. And bees, I would think uh, if it's a windy day, they too uh, wouldn't be waggling very much. It's true that if they face um, problems, I think they can still uh, fly even with a somewhat significant wind. But if it's too windy, they probably wouldn't go out and forth. They just stay inside the nest. Indeed, and that's why it's harder for almond growers in California to have enough good days in a row to get their almond uh, crop pollinated. Do native bees have the same sort of skills, or is this something just reserved for honeybees? So the only bees that can communicate the location of food sources are honeybees and stingless bees. Stingless bees are only found in the tropics. They're found in the New World tropics, like Brazil, Central America, and they are found in the Old World tropics in Africa, Southeast Asia. But they're not found anywhere in the United States. So the only bees we have around here that can actually communicate food location are honeybees. So the purpose of native bees, I guess, is, uh, I, I don't know, what is the purpose of native bees? So native bees are really important because they are here as part of our native ecosystem, and they've evolved along with many species of native plants. For example, if you've ever seen a barrel cactus, so these are these beautiful um, cacti that you find, and they often have these beautiful yellow or other colored flowers. There is a cactus bee that specializes it, believe it or not, on pollinating barrel cacti. Now, honeybees will visit these flowers and can pollinate them. But when researchers have studied this, the native bee that's evolved, co-evolved with this cactus is actually a much better, better pollinator. When she visits, many more seeds come out of that one visit than when a single honeybee visits. And that story is recapitulated over and over again with many different kinds of bees. Uh, you'll have buffalo gourd, many other kinds of plants where although honeybees can do the job, that native species is actually better. So I'll give you an example. Um, most folks like avocados, and avocados are a big crop, especially in Southern California. The native pollinator of avocados is a stingless bee because avocados evolved in areas where there were stingless bees. Honeybees nowadays, of course, are brought in to do the job, but they are actually less efficient at it than the native bee would. But unfortunately, we don't have stingless bees in this range. So I think that illustrates some of the important parts of native bees for our native plants, but also for certain agricultural crops. And I'll just add um, one final thing. Um, we think about apples, and, and apples are wonderful. It turns out that native bees are better at pollinating apples than honeybees. Hmm. I did not know that apples uh, acquired the attention of uh, native bees. That's very interesting. So there is a blue orchard bee that um, is important for pollinating apples. I, I think I have that right, but I, I do know it is a, a native bee. And you're right. Apples were really not native uh, to, to North America. They, they were brought over. We think about the story of Johnny Appleseed. But in fact, even though they are introduced, it's the a native bee turns out to be much better at it than honeybees. And, and, and that's fascinating. And I think illustrates the importance of these very diverse native bees. Going back to the avocado and the special bee it takes to pollinate uh, the avocado, and I should say not a special bee, but a, a bee that's better at pollinating an avocado because avocados have A flowers and B flowers. Basically, they're only available for certain hours of the day. I would think that stingless bee would have to visit that tree twice in the same day to achieve that. 
That's interesting. I, I actually haven't read the literature specifically on how it pollinates the avocado, and but it's quite possible that when, like a honeybee, the nectar or the pollen is being provided, that that forager will go back to that same tree or that same grove multiple times throughout a day. So even though the flowers are open at different times of day, the bee will be there and be able to collect that pollen and then subsequently pollinate the female flowers. Now, one more thing about the waggle dance, and I love this part, too, that you point out in Modern Farmer, is the fact that back at the hive, they have a dance floor. That's right. And the dance floor is very different for each colony. Now, part of that difference is that parts of it are relatively empty or may have honey or may have pollen or may have brood. But in a natural colony, the ones that are built in trees, bees typically don't have the beautiful flat combs that they have in beehives that humans provide. Because our goal as beekeepers is to have something very uniform that's easy to remove, check, and harvest honey from. Inside a natural colony, these combs are built, and then they sort of merge together and grow. I, I think if you've looked around in the internet or actually seen a natural colony, you'll see that they make these beautiful, complicated shapes. And I think that's very interesting because it means that those shapes might be hard for a bee to waggle dance on because they're not perfectly flat. And we suspect that one of the reasons why bees may need to learn to waggle is that through practice, they can master the dance floor that is in their own colony. Without the benefit of a band, too. Your research isn't over. I mean, there's a lot more to learn about the relationship between uh, younger bees and older bees, isn't there? That's right. We would really like to understand if this distance encoding is transmitted from one generation to the next. And moreover, if it, as we suspect, is actually adaptive. So each colony lives in a certain habitat, a local environment, where food is available, and where bees have to go certain distances. We think that each colony might have a dialect that is subtly adapted to those local conditions, because that would be another reason for bees to need to learn how to waggle dance. So they could learn the wisdom of their elders, the bees that have been out there, know where the food is, and know the best way to communicate where that food is. Just another example of the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. Yes, exactly. Very important. Yes, indeed, it is. You can read more about what Dr. James and I wrote about regarding the waggle dance, bees, and pollination by uh, visiting modernfarmer.com and reading about... Uh, Dr. Nye's article that uh, he wrote for The Conversation that was uh, uh, reprinted by Modern Farmer. Or you can go back to the very uh, source work that they published in Science Magazine, the March 2023 edition of Science, about social signal learning of the waggle dance in honeybees. Why are we talking about this? Because one out of every three bites of food that you stick in your mouth comes to you courtesy of a bee. Without bees, we wouldn't have much food. You want to disagree with that? No, I, I totally agree that bees, honeybees and native bees are very important for our food. Dr. James Nye is with UC San Diego. He's the Associate Dean of the School of Biological Sciences. He is a professor of the Department of Ecology, Behavior and Evolution. And it's just a fascinating study about how bees communicate by basically shaking their booty. It's the waggle dance. Dr. Nye, thank you so much for all this good information. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you for being interested in the story.